This is season two, Anyone Can Move. I am one of three amazing hosts. This is James Boyd. We have yeah. the wonderful, the great choreographer, Katie Breland. How you doing, Katie? So good, James. <laughs> there she is, and everyone, she has a beanie on, styling right now. If you're watching, you can see, and if you're listening, that's what's happening. So, on, in addition, joining us, we have another wonderful choreographer, and that is Katie Fleming. How you doing, Katie? I'm doing great. <laughs> there you go. So, this is Anyone Can Move. During the recording of this episode, we experienced technical difficulties. Despite these difficulties, we decided to share this wonderful episode so you can hear the amazing information shared by Brant Martinez and your three hosts, James Boyd, Katie Fleming, Katie Breland. Ladies and gentlemen, continue to sit back and relax and enjoy this week's episode with Brett Martinez in studio on Anyone Can Move. Brent Martinez, ladies and gentlemen. Brent, welcome. What's up? How are we doing? <laughs> oh, we're doing so good. So happy to have you here. And and you're listening and you're probably just watching, ladies and gentlemen. So I need you to know that uh, we bring some important people here on the show because we like to ask them the objective and subjective questions. And they're just honest to share important information with you. But you have to know that Brant Martinez, I explain um, I want to try to explain this, how talented this guy is. He, he walks into opportunity. He's that talented. So he's not really just like, yeah, okay, um, uh, I'm, I don't really know what's going to happen here or now. He's inventing, leading, coming up with ways to move forward in the dance industry. And people are following him. We're following him, and we get to pick his brain. So just know that um, he's well beyond a tondu, and um, he's all up in the Broadway structure, and he's creating his own work. So, Brent, I must ask you, you're so active. What are you doing right now in dance? Um, currently, I'm not doing a whole lot, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, entered my life in the last two years 
I worked on a project where I was around like some of the best tappers and I've had tap shoes on every day and I really just tried to continue to push that wall, you know, push through that and like try that hat on and put that tool in my bag. Um, yeah, and then I, uh, I do uh, get myself a ballet bar like every other day. Other than that, I'm just honestly waiting for that next spark uh, to happen for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, you're... Your conditioning. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. So, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, going down a mountain on a snowboard, there, there's a lot of choreography that's there. And then what you're saying is that this is a, kind of like the secret. This is the secret on just, you know, being active. You're expanding outside of the studio. You know, yeah. Right? We're, we're... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's totally like how, like I said, I'm waiting for my next spark. And, and that, that happens for me outside of the studio. Mm. And so trying this new thing on and like I yesterday I like me and me and Franco were sitting around and it came up with a step and I was like wow this is so so much like snowboarding and it's like affecting the way that it's like you know we were just hanging out and we were listening to music and I just did something and yeah anyways all right well we're actually um uh we have an episode with Franco Nieto um so maybe we'll be able to ask him you know like What'd you guys come up with? I wonder what he'll say. Did did he have tap shoes on? No, it wasn't even tap. Well, it kind of was tap, but I was in tap <laughs> shoes. It was like tap, but but the yeah, you know, I can show you. But um, yeah, it, it, you can do it without tap shoes. What I'm saying. There's a rhythm there, but you know, it can be executed in many different ways. <laughs> well, you're. Uh, what um, my and then and then um, um, the the uh, Katie's they have um, questions they want to ask you, but I just want to go back just a little bit. And you said that um, uh, you've been working on um, a film that consisted of you driving around in your car, living in your car. How did something like that come about? How did that start? Yeah, this, this is going to be long winded, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. So when the pandemic hit. Um, I had just seen this movie called Honey Boy, which is Shia LaBeouf's film about his childhood and his place. It was while he was filming Even Stevens, this moment in time um, where he lived with his dad. And he got PTSD. And um, anyways, like he did this, uh, this treatment for PTSD and he wrote this script, which then became Honey Boy. And I had seen that right when the pandemic hit. And it really hit close to home for um, me in the way that I was raised and like some of the stuff I was grappling with at that time. Um, and his relationship with, with his father was very similar to mine. And it inspired me to, I started a podcast, uh, like, like really, I didn't know it was, it was really pushing towards a podcast, but I just knew I wanted to interview like anyone and everyone who ever knew my father and wanted to really paint a full picture of like who this man was. Um, and, and so we started working on that and we uncovered some things about his father, which is where his trauma started. That was a big secret in the family. At that time, my stimulus check hit. I bought a tent to go on my car for personal reasons. I just wanted to have a tent on my car that I could drive around the country and do that. My sister was like, you should drive to Denver and you should go, we should go and like um, confront these things that we uncovered, these secrets, and try to get to the bottom of the truth. And, um, and I said, okay, I'll do that. And my other friend was like, you should film it. And I was like, okay. Spent $20,000 on, on camera equipment because I'm impulsive and I throw myself into things. And, um, 
and I told my uh, I told told my other friend what I was doing, and she was like, "You should tell Bill, our producer at Moulin Rouge, um, about it because it sounds really interesting." Like what? You know, I'm not. I don't want to give away too much of what the subject matter is because it's a lot. But um, she's like, "You should tell a producer." So I, I told Bill, and Bill was like, "I have the perfect person for you." Um, and he introduced me to this woman named Dory, who she's uh, produces documentaries in New York, and she she's now funding the whole thing. And she hooked me up with like all like a drone, all the best equipment. She was with me like every day, sending dailies back to her. Um, but yeah, the story of the film is really like Broadway dancer loses job in pandemic. Um, dance was my biggest outlet where I was kind of running away from the thing on my back, pouring myself into dance my whole life. Now that it was gone, I had to face this thing on my back. And that in turn led to me driving cross country in the middle of the pandemic to get to the bottom of some secrets that have been kind of hanging over me my whole life. Yeah, and so, and, and, and throughout the whole thing, you know, I, I danced throughout the whole thing, so, um, like, dance was my outlet to deal with a lot of the things I was dealing with as a kid. Um, in the movie, dance is my outlet kind of helping me, like, I, but I film it, so they're dance diaries. There's dance diaries, there's video diaries where I'm talking. It's really going to be something beautiful. I was just texting with my producer this morning, because I'm going to Colorado at the beginning of March to to film another segment. We're, we're like chipping away at the holes and documentaries are so like, you know, to, for it to unfold in real time and to, you know, there's always going to be holes and you're trying to like camera. It's, it's, it's been learning, but it's been amazing. <laughs> and I can't wait for people to see it, truly. Wow. Um, what's the name of the documentary? Uh, right now, we're calling it Dancing with Dad. Okay. Uh, but... But I, it could be called Amigo. It could be called a couple different things. Okay. Um, yeah. And you said it was going to be released in this coming year? Yeah, this coming year. Um, my supervising editor, his name is Richard Hankin. Look him up. He's a big, big, fancy deal. And I truly <laughs> believe that I'm looking at this guy. He's a, he, his uh, production company is... Um, uh, Looking Glass, Looking Glass Productions. You've ah, heard yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he's a huge, and he's like taken me under his wing, and he's really kept me out of the editing process because I have a strong head, and he's like, "This is what I do. You stay over there." <laughs> but, <laughs> how did how did that go? <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, I mean, for me, it's been a lesson in trust, a lesson in um, you know, allowing, allowing it to unfold and me not having control over it and um it, it's not about me though it's about like it's about that next person that sees my film the way that i saw honey boy and was like wow i'm not alone in like my pain and what i've had to to swallow in my life and and it's nuanced right like trauma can be very nuanced that ptsd is you know you hear about that and you're like war you know, life and death, but when you experience things as, as a baby, you know, your life and death is a different thing, and, um, and then, like, having to make sense of, of said things, but man, like, like, dance was my savior, that's why mm -hmm. I dance, it's really survival for me, and now it's about um, creating things to help other people survive, <laughs> that's, that's why I do it. Beautiful, and it, I mean, it's clear that you have your hand in a lot of different things, snowboarding and filmmaking and musical theater. So we're definitely gonna have to have you back on. But sorry, I just talked a lot. There's oh my gosh, no, it's it's awesome. I 
would love to dive in for a little bit and just hear kind of about this other side, like this musical theater uh, yeah. journey and how, how did you, why musical theater? Why this type of dance? Um, I, it, honestly, it wasn't an active choice uh, that was like, what do I want? For me, I, was, I left a hard situation um, and ended up in New York. And I was really, um, I had done a bit of the company work thing and I saw how hard people were working for the amount of money and for what, you know, I, the, the, the further I, I sat into being in New York, I was more drawn to stories. I was more drawn to going to a theater and experiencing like a narrative, um, a narrative and, and being able to project your story onto somebody else's story. And um, and luckily, when I moved to New York, like musical theater started really popping for me. Like I was going to a lot of different like, commercial auditions, and and um, I started booking a lot of musical theater work um, pretty 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 quick. It was um, like I think like eight months after I moved to New York, and I got Flashdance the musical with a workshop. Um, and I've always really things that I always book are the workshops that turn into the out-of-town tryout that then turn into the original Broadway cast. So it's always like the creation of it, and then I'll stick around for like six months to a year, and then I'll, and through that six months of the year being in the show in New York, I'll be in another workshop during the day, um, working on the next thing. Um, and it just kind of happened to me like that, and I am um, blessed. But I think that's like the, the journey every musical theater dancer is wanting and I know that and um, yeah it's really cool how has just the process with creating your documentary um, really fueled your creativity or inspired your creativity to carry you forward into new projects and opportunities right yeah um, well so I really learned that I want to be a director um, through making the film and more like, I really feel like I, uh, yeah, it, it, that's kind of what, it, that, that light was shining. I was in a place where I was like, do I continue dancing? Do I start moving towards acting? How do I want to influence the stories that are being told and how? And, and through that, I really learned uh, that I want to be a director. And I also learned, like, like I said, it was a blessing and allowing. Like, the whole project just kind of happened the more that I allowed it to happen. Like, I wasn't controlling anything. I just was kind of allowing these people to be like, hey, you should do this. Hey, you should do this. And me, like, listening to my intuition. And, and really the project was so connected to, like, my being that it, um, yeah, I really felt like in a, struck like in a, like a very, like, deep level I learned how to, to, uh, I learned how to uh, ex allow the process to happen versus like force the process to happen. And I can really smell that intention now when I'm around, like I'm around Franco and other people now and I can really feel people's intentions and why. And, and like if it's allowing, if it's forcing, if it's coming from like I should be making something because I'm an artist or it's, it's happening through True Spark or through, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, as a um, aspiring director, if you can look forward, Brant, what what qualities would you look for in a dancer? Um, you know, 
hypothetically speaking, you're working on a project that involves dance, like what would you be looking for um, in yeah. a dancer and a performer? Yeah, yeah, I talked about this a lot. So I just I just taught for Franco um, a little a Hamilton class, mm. um, and 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 I watched a lot of the other classes being taught, and I thought about this a lot. And it's always this. It's always like when you when you see like Franco and like I've been told about me and like James and like like really beautiful artists. You watch someone dance, and you might see them like from really far away. And you know that it's them because nobody else does it like they do it, right? And like that to me is what I look for in a dancer is like mm-hmm. authentic, authentic expression that can't be replicated by somebody else. And right, we're in class being like trying to do it like this person or do it like this person, but like just do it like this person because mm-hmm. this person is 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 really authentic, just like everybody is, you know. And that's like the answer is within. So I always look for like like just authentic people that like it are so stand out in a way that's like wow and that it, i i couldn't have asked anybody to do it like that i it just it it happened on the spot there you know is that something that you feel like has was there a moment where you that shifted for you where you were like you know i've i've been trying to do this in a lot of different ways but if i just in myself yep. then that that's how this is gonna was there a moment for you that was the spark that clicked for me when I started booking jobs. When I started booking uh, musical theater work, like the, to me, the ingredient, like I, the more I went into audition, I, I wasn't booking work. It took me about eight months to figure it out, but I wasn't booking work because it was like, I'm dancing this harder than anybody else in the room, but I didn't understand like who I was. Like you're a person in a story, you're a human in a story. And then that human is dancing because of a circumstance. And, and when I figured that out and realized, like, oh, they just want a person that's, like, like fulfilling a circumstance and realizing, like, oh, actually, like, it's better if I'm not, like, the person next to me because I live in America and they're trying to represent, you know, everybody while casting the show. So it's, like, it's better to not look like everybody. It's, it's better to be unique. It's better to be different it's better it's better for that so then when I started leaning into that and started leaning into like the circumstance of like why I was dancing and who I was while I was dancing it was like immediate yeah what a good view I haven't um, thought about it in that way I absolutely agree but um, there's something about um, you saying wait a second, I'm realizing where I am and we're in America and uh, we are inclusive here. (laughs) So I'm in this space and they don't want me to look the same because of the American mission. (laughs) Um, That is a a vantage point. Um, I haven't kind of, uh, um, I haven't worn those lenses um, yet. And that was just well said, well said. Um, I plan on sharing that as an instructor. Just that's more objective. Like that's not subjectivity. That's just you saying this is what's going on, and let right. me let me let me be involved. You're a peg in a system, right? You're a peg in the game. You have to understand that system if you want to like be a peg. In it. You have to understand like what show is this that I'm auditioning for? Who are, who do they hire for the show? What is the show speaking to in the capitalist like society that we live in? How is it making money? And how are they gonna how am I going to be the asset for them to help them make money, you know, and that's just what it is, which, 
you know, when art meets capitalism. <laughs> the struggle we all wrestle with. <laughs> the dance politic. Well, hey, so um, we have a couple more minutes with you. Um, so I... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant here because we have a history and all of the above, but um, I think this should be fun. So, all right. Are you open to sharing um, one, just one or two moments um, uh, that you remember from uh, your past performances, your past rehearsal, but a moment that you hold on to that was either special, um, something um, other than just the spark, but um, a moment. Think about history and then break it forward. What's a moment that you hold on to that just comes to light right now that you're open to sharing? <laughs> I love the way you danced around that question. Man. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I thought, so the first thing that comes to mind is the first time I performed in the Tony Awards in Radio City. It was with Aladdin. You know, I didn't, like, the show wasn't creatively fulfilling for me. It was, like, my first Broadway show. It was, like, very big commercial production. I really saw, like, the kind of money that gets, goes into something like that. And I learned a lot on that. But the first time I performed on the Tonys and being in, I don't know if you've been in Radio City and feeling how vast that space is and feeling like the amount of energy in one room it it was just insane like it was just everyone was on fire I was like I felt like I was filled up with helium and I was just like so so excited to to perform and I started behind this little uh these like gold towers that were on stage and I had to like hide behind this thing while like you know they were doing the the award they were presenting the award before and it was just like, what is my life? <laughs> um, yeah, that was really crazy. And then the first time, so we, uh, before Fiddler on the Roof, we did a, a, a six-week, um, they called it a workshop, but it really it was training us to do Hofesh Schechter's movement, which he's like, he's got a company in London called Hofesh, and he trained with Ohad, and, and he danced in Bacheva, like, some, from the time he was a kid until he, like, started his own company and and they basically put us through a six-week gaga intensive that changed the way i danced forever it really connected me to me and like connected me to um just like like my instrument in a way that like i never experienced and and it was intense i was doing a show at night so it was like 10 to 6 of doing gaga training and then like go and do the three-hour aladdin at night and it was like it was just, but that changed my dancing forever. Um, that experience. So beautiful. beautiful. I know we only have a few more seconds, but if there was a piece of advice or a word of encouragement that you would give a listener, an artist, young dancer in this time, what would that be? Yeah. Um, understand. I guess. I guess if my big. I don't uh, understand why you're doing it. And like in there, there's no right answer to that. Like, and 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 you shouldn't contrive that. If the why isn't there, it's not there. But the but but really understand like um, the why, the intention behind really and anything you do in your life. But like in in regards to like pursuing a career in dance and and or not even pursuing a career in dance, having dance as part of your life in whatever way that means. Um, understand the why and capitalize on the why and 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 yeah 
and good luck. <laughs> James, know when your documentary is released so that the three of us can watch it and then we can have you back on and we can just like really talk about it for like five hours. That yeah. Would- oh, yeah. I would love that. I would love that. I mean, I'm, I haven't seen anything yet, and so I, I can't wait to see it. And, uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. But definitely, I would love to come back and, and we could pick it apart. Yeah, and I know you have a lot of mentors and um, just a lot of people guiding you, um, but, I mean, we we love research, <laughs> and so that means we love unpacking things. So what Fleming is saying, like, we would literally enjoy five hours just moment by moment by moment. What does this mean? What does that mean? And, yeah, we would love that. Well, it would be really fun because I really shot it in an intentional way, and, like, why I – pick the shots that are like why I like you know pick the angles I, I picked and why and whatever and so it would be really cool to like sit. yeah that would be fun I would like that <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, well um uh, uh, to conclude w- what are ways we can get in touch with you or share with our audience to get in touch with you uh, is there a URL is there a website um do we just find you on social media what's the best way to get in I would do the website you? thing you know I just I I did at the time but I haven't just um you know my email is how people book me for jobs and then my instagram is how i talk to you know anybody else um my instagram is just at brant martinez with a d a silent d b r a n d t martinez um yeah (laughs) all right well ladies and gentlemen whether you were listening or if you had the opportunity to watch we just had a wonderful discussion with Brant Martinez and this discussion is ongoing because we're going to have Brant Martinez back. He's doing a lot of great things. We're talking about unpacking some of those great things. Um, Take the note of understanding your why. All of you are moving out there, whether you're listening or watching, so understand your why and move forward. Um, And Brant's an example of what happens when you do that. He's a result. So, ladies and gentlemen, we Come together and let's go ahead and thank Brant Martinez. Brant, thank you so much for being on. Really. Thank you so much for having me. It's been <laughs> great. I, yeah, I love so you. Good. Thank you. Yes. And, and just rather than good luck, just continue being active because you're leading oh, and, yeah. and, and you're inspiring. Yeah, we're all part of the same community. So let's use each other. And um, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. So until next time, with Brent Martinez, everyone, this is Anyone Can Move. <laughs>